What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Notes for Notes podcast. Hello, As hello. you heard in the intro, the podcast where we talk to interesting people about interesting things mm-hmm. while also finding out interesting things about those interesting, interesting people. people. I am your host, Tay, and with me, as always, your other host, Cam. Cam, I am. No, gosh darn it. He meant no green eggs and ham. But today we're going to be talking to the amazing, swagged out Gigi Rowe. She's a colorful artist who's been rocking wigs since her Starbucks days. She even received an award in 2010. Yeah, actually the Holy Prize at the Songwriters Hall of Fame. What an achievement. Wow, the Holy Prize. The Holy Prize. She's also gotten big notoriety after being immortalized being put in the 2017 and 2018 version of Just Dance. Now, that's how you know you've made it. Oh, very least, much so. At least by my standards. Yes, by your standards. In this episode, we talked to her about her recently released lyric video and children's book, both titled Wishes. Talked to her about the color choices that she used because I gotta say, it's like a rainbow threw up in the best possible way. In the best possible way. Cammy, why don't you tell them where they can find these things? Yeah, you can find the lyric video on YouTube. Just type in Gigi Rowe Wishes and you'll be able to find it. And then also her book is available on Amazon and Kindle. So definitely check that out. Got a lot of messages in this podcast, guys. So let's dive on in. Welcome to the Notes for Notes podcast. We talk to interesting people about interesting things. In music. While also finding out interesting things about those interesting people. And their music. Confused? It's not that complicated. You see, the thing is... Yo, we gotta get back to it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm Tay. He's Cam, by the way. How are you? Hi. It is so nice to meet you guys. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, Yeah, great to meet you too. Awesome. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah. Amazing. The weather, the weather's nice, you know, so it just makes for an even better day. Yes. Where where are you guys located? We're both in Nashville. Oh, very cool. I'm so I'm in the Miami area right now. Nice. But um I've lived in Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I saw that very well. Cool. How did did you like Nashville? I guess when you were when you were here, I love Nashville. I feel like Nashville has that perfect mix of being like small town. You run into people you know everywhere, yeah. and it also has that cosmopolitan aspect of a city. Kind For of sure. Like, I guess that's what they kind of say. Like uh, Texas is like in New York or Staten Island. Like you, everyone knows everyone. I love that. Yeah, it is. It does have that nice feeling. Like I remember going out one day and seeing like ten different people that I knew, and mm-hmm. and I actually used to work at the Starbucks at the Green Hills Mall. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've totally gone there. I was barista, <laughs> and I would wear. I love wearing wigs, and mm-hmm. I would wear like tons of different wigs to work yeah. at Starbucks. And at that time, the rules were you couldn't have like crazy colored hair. I think actually the rules have changed since then. Mm. So I couldn't wear like my like hot pink wigs, but I could do like curls, like a pinup girl wig or sort of like a copperish brown color or, you know, a black bob or even like something like this. So I I would have a lot of fun and I would definitely mix it up. I wonder, I wonder why they would, they would put like a, put a pause on those certain colors. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. And I, there's probably reasons why they've changed it. I, I feel like they've become much more. Just open to people expressing their individuality and maybe celebrating that more. And at the time, I think that the idea was 
they wanted hair colors to be sort of like what a, a, na- a natural or a normal hair color would be. Yeah. So it wasn't like, um, it didn't seem it, it didn't seem like a crazy policy at the time. And I could right. still sort of be myself within that. But I, I think it's a really good thing that they, 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 that they seem even more accepting. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing that people can come to work and showcase who they are and be themselves. And they can still be, you know, professional and represent Starbucks. And I actually think that the idea, it was really interesting for me because one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about is the idea of building a brand. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, it was really interesting at the ground level to understand what a massive brand like Starbucks, what their ethos is. The idea is if you have your home and you have your work and then you have another place that you feel equally Mm -hmm. as at home. So I thought that was, was really, you know, interesting. And I love that you are able to connect with people the best when you're being yourself. So for them to, to kind of get back to our original point for them to celebrate, Hey, like we want you to come to work, but we want you to like really be yourself because that's how you're going to engage with customers in the best way. There was a wonderful manager at the time at the Mm -hmm. store who was like lovely and was like, Hey, you're looking for a job. Met me in like, disco pants and my like outrageous outfit and outrageous look. And she was like, Hey, like if you're looking for a job, like you should definitely, you should apply here. So I felt from the get go, that sense of, you know, understanding and, um, and that's people who I worked with and particularly the manager was actually like a genuine fan and loved Gigi Rowe. And it was a really interesting time for me actually, because I had just moved from Los Angeles and was, just starting to like kind of like create Gigi Row. Mm-hmm. So I moved to a new city and in tr- everyone who met me met me as Gigi instead of my real name, which is Laura. So suddenly it was like new city, like not like not a new identity, but this ability to kind of start fresh and really woodshed Gigi Row in like this very cool organic way because everyone was meeting me for the first time. So yeah. suddenly it becomes like, oh, this is Gigi Rowe and there's no knowledge of of any other name. So suddenly it's like, oh, well, you, of course you're Gigi. And kind of from that moment on, it was like a turning point. Gotcha. Is that is that sort of like when you started uh, like creating music? So music for me, I think I've been like making music since I was in my crib. Yeah. I would like wake up in the middle of the night, sing songs like Mary Had a Little Lamb or Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star at the top of my lungs, wake up the entire house. And then I'd like go back to sleep and then like nobody else could fall back asleep. And my grandfather would come and visit and he would just be like, so like, what's it going to be tonight, Laura? And um, I love doing these like little impromptu shows. Those I don't actually remember. Those were told to me by family members. But I do remember being five and getting to sing. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus in front of the whole school. So it was like 500 people. And I got into my mom's like bright red lipstick and had this was rocking this like velvet dress with the, with the rose and the white collar. And I always had it in me. I think this love of, of entertaining, of understanding from a really young age, sort of the 
the power in that of how you can connect with people, something so simple, a song or how moving that can be or the energy exchange. And I think once you, you feel that you're sort of like, it's like electricity and you kind of, you know, you're just trying to always get at that feeling. Yeah, it's almost like you can't get enough of it. Yeah, for sure. Totally. And I think that sort of have been like, you know, chasing that in a way ever since that sense of, it's that feeling, it's that sense of chasing, like I love to say, I'm kind of like chasing like greatness, like the sense of like wanting to do something that's like epic. And I think it's definitely taken me on a lot of like twists and turns and it's this crazy journey, but it's so cool. It's like led me to this conversation today. So Kim, I was sitting at home and I was thinking to myself, I'm kind of tired of using my laptop to make music. Oh, I want to really? use something that is more smaller, more compact and more portable. Uh-huh. And so what, what came to mind? I whipped out my Orba. Wait, this, wait, wait. What's an Orba? It's it's basically like a portable production system. Ooh. It's a small, almost palm of your hand like product that you can take anywhere and you can produce with it. The company Artifun sent me one and I have not stopped using it ever since. And just a big shout out to them for sending me that product. I love it. I continue to use it every day and it's amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um I I want to talk about your swag because I love it so much. It's colorful. It's vibrant. It's like out there. I just want to know, like, clearly the music came first, but when did the swag really take hold? Like the clothes, the wigs, the, I know you talk about the wigs at Starbucks, but like, what was the point where you were like, I'm a, I'm gonna do this because this is tight. <laughs> like, I'm like, please. <laughs> keep talking. Don't stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, first of all, thank you. The fact that you, you the fact that you think it's like, you know, that I have like swag or like the, the fact that you're into it is like, like, love it. I appreciate it. I just like, love it. I love, I love fashion and I have so much fun with the wigs and I love, um, just every aspect of it. There's a part of me where I'm so inspired by just wearing different things and it pulls out kind of different like characters in me and I have so much fun with it. And I think that it's to like really answer your question, even though I love it and I'm so inspired by it, it's still kind of a daily thing. How can I push this further? Like, is this like really who I am? Almost this kind of um, sense of, Am I putting on something because I'm like trying to hide something or am I putting on something because it's making me more of who I really am? And I feel like that's been kind of a constant question as I've been like working to woodshed Gigi Rowe. I like the idea that Gigi Rowe for me was this blank creative canvas that every day, like I could just like go paint on this canvas however I wanted. And to free me up to do what it is that I love to do the most. Like, you know, be an artist, like make things, like the things that we do when we're a kid that we don't think about, like to carry that on throughout your whole life and be like, I'm inspired. So like, I'm going to write this. And like, this means something. I want to go share it with people. I'm going to go paint this picture. I'm going to go, 
create a character, like the things again, that come naturally to us. I feel like in a way, Gigi Rowe is the title of all of this. And I want to free myself up creatively and hopefully in the process, inspire other people to, you know, to, to do the same and to feel empowered in the same way. And I think like the swag or whatever, my personality, I'm sure that's, that's, that was the girl in the crib singing in the middle of the night. So I'm sure that that's been in me, you know, for as long as I can remember, but at different times and different chapters or seasons, when you're more or less confident, that that's reflected in, in the swag. When you're like, oh, like yeah. shoulders are back. Like I am like feeling my look. You know, I feel like that's the truest expression of, of all of us. But we all have those moments where for whatever reason, we're less confident, we're more unsure. And, and I've seen how in myself, like that's reflected in, in the fashion, in the style, in the attitude. Me, me and Kim both read the uh, the entire book. Me personally, I love the book. It kind of reminded me of the books that I would read when I was a kid, like the Colorful Fish. Uh, brought me brought me back to like the days where I would go to the library and just read all the books. I love the art, and for me, I like reading, but I'm also as like we all are in this call. I'm a creator, so I love looking at colors. I love looking at pictures. I love looking at visual representations of like what I'm reading. And I felt like your book really did that on like another level. Did you do the art? I wanted to ask you that. Did you do the, you did the art for the whole book? Well, first of all, thank you so much. I love hearing you talk about the book. That's awesome. I'm glad that you (laughs) got, you got so much out of it. I worked with an illustrator and Mm -hmm meeting or connecting with my illustrator. She's actually in Belarus. So Mm. she's in Eastern Europe. And after connecting with my publishing company, someone recommended that I go on this website. It's called Fiverr. Not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it's it's F-I-V-E-R-R. Really incredible space that aggregates freelancers. So someone who does graphic design or illustration or web design or um, could write copy, could do animation, like anything you could think of, you can find people on Fiverr. And I, so like immediately went to Fiverr and kind of shortlisted some people whose animation, animations and not animation, sorry, we're not on that part of the talk. I'm like, we're doing animation too. Um, I shortlisted some illustrators that I, that I, that I loved. And um, her name is Liza the illustrator that I wound up working with. And she was my first choice because I found a particular illustration of hers where I was like, yes, like that is like, that is inspiring. That is like the vibe for what I'm looking for, for Gigi Rowe. And so I reached out to her. She got back to me immediately. And this was like Valentine's Day weekend, like last year in February. And that was the beginning of what would become this very inspiring creative collaboration, which was so rewarding for me after working with a lot of producers in the studio and coming from music and having a lot of different collaborative experiences with other songwriters or producers in that world to then go to this other medium and get to work with you know an illustrator and it was like so much fun it felt like I was in Los Angeles for a lot of this time uh, and the time difference was like 10 hours or something 
So oftentimes I'd like go to sleep and then I'd wake up to like another illustration that Liza was sending or another sketch. And it it was, it felt like every single time it was like magic because you feel I've never had an actual conversation with her. It's all been just back and forth connecting, you know, via Fiverr or email and sending her links or describing things that I'm looking for, sending her stories and sending her pictures, like reference pictures, pictures of me, music videos. Like this is like kind of what we're trying to get at. It's been um, pretty much the process took like it's taken a little bit over about a year um, from when we started working together. We finished this first book. It was so much fun. Liza, if you are listening from uh, Belarus, um, we are giving you your flowers because you got the vibes. (laughs) I I love that. Oh, real quick with the swag thing. I do have to tell you a story. So I was signed really early on to LA by LA Reed and Jay-Z was an executive at at Island Def Jam. This was like way back. I was Laura Warshower, singer songwriter with a guitar. LA Reed came out to see me on a Sunday night had his like hands in the air going nuts, like Hollywood moment. He's like, I don't, you know, if you want it, you have a home with Island Records. And so very early on, I got a front row seat to the highs and lows of the music industry. And I got the chance to actually perform for Jay-Z, who was an executive at the time. And when I first met Jay, I had this like outfit on that actually belonged to my grandmother. And she probably wore it in the 1970s. It was like very Janis Joplin, had every color, had like gold sequins and flowy arms. It was like a one piece, but it had flowy arms and like flowy, like, you know, legs. And, and right when I was introduced to Jay, he was like, I like your getup. And I was like, (laughs) yo, I was like, Oh, like drop mic. Um, and then uh, like a while later, I was in Los Angeles. I was in New York City. I was in Los Angeles at a Grammy after party. And Jay was there. And my A&R at the time who worked with him was like, Jay, you remember Laura? And I'm thinking like, this guy is going to have no idea who I am. And he just looked me like straight in the eye. And he was like, you are fantastically talented. And I was like, okay, I think I like levitated. I think he like officially... <laughs> left the ground. Um, but it was, that was like an incredible moment. And when you were so kind and talking about swag or style or fashion, yeah. it brought me back to that. I figured you'd like that story. For me, like I, I love, like, like I said, I love colors. I've talked about this in a, a previous podcast, but we were talking about how creativity kind of shifts to a focused point as you're older and for me I felt like it kind of reversed like growing up I was all about music but like now that I'm older I'm into music art I just started making my own clothing brand with this one I love right it now. yeah oh um, I let me see it I'm like let me see more of that yeah that's cool uh, that's really cool the name of the brand is lame and how did you come up with that I took inspiration, like the emblem from the kids next door, but I always had the L in mind and then the the lame uh, as the name in mind. But it wasn't until like last year, a friend asked me, he was like, well, what's like, what's the meaning behind it? And I never really thought about it until I took the time, like think about it, think of some more designs. And then I was just like, huh, what's something that I, I think would fit with it? 
that also applies to me. And then I started like thinking about like growing up, the stuff that I like would go through, like sitting alone at like lunch tables and being okay with it, hanging out with the unpopular kids and like not even entertaining uh, what the popular kids are doing, staying in my own lane and like trying, trying to just be me and being okay with that. And I eventually came up with the meaning that perfection is an insecurity, like striving to be perfect. You're just going to let yourself down in the end because no one is perfect. Yeah, that was kind of the meaning behind it. And like another one is I'd rather be lame than perfect because when you're perfect, you're unrelatable. No one wants to be friends with the perfect kid. They're just going to try and like strive to be that let themselves down i i I love it um well you it's so cool how you've taken your experiences and you're obviously reflecting it through your art and that you're letting yourself just go into these different areas and not i think we can all get caught up in questioning things or you know it's like we don't want the world or other people to put us in a box but it's easy sometimes to put ourselves in a box or be like oh i did this So like, oh, well, maybe I am that or no, maybe that's just something I did or like, is this who I am? Or maybe none of it's like your identity. Maybe we're just all like things come through us and we get to explore a lot of different things. And I think I always know for myself, the more, hey, you want to be thoughtful about things, but there is overthinking is a real thing. And the more that you do and allow yourself to just kind of keep that channel open and create and act through that as opposed to questioning things and overthinking things. And it seems like you're naturally there. So you are way ahead of the game. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Jeff Goldblum here. Uh, the boys have taken a break, and uh, I just came here to tell you about uh, Notes for Notes Digital. And my, 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 what I must say about it is uh, what a fun and uh, uh, juicy, juicy experience that I've had. Uh, me and uh, me and my uh, uh, associate uh, Rick, or as I like to call him, our Jag, we've uh, we've been experimenting with all of the uh, staff and uh, program directors that have been on there and it's uh, been really really fun after apartments.com and I decided to settle down somewhere me and Rick met each other and we've been roommates ever since why don't you tell them about the uh, uh, website Rick (laughs) yeah thanks for the intro Jeff Uh, yeah it's been great Uh, uh, I can say that I've learned a lot you know Um, I, I love music and I love everything about music and I think that I'll do music for the rest of my life because of notes for notes Oh, exactly. So. Yes, and me being a uh, astounding jazz singer, as uh, you might know, I, I play the uh, piano. I play the uh, oh, a whole bunch of other exciting things, exciting things. But uh, let's get back to the uh, podcast and let these two crazy cats get at it. <laughs> awesome yeah yeah no uh and i feel like that's a that's a good segue into sort of my my question that i wanted to ask you uh because we're you know we're talking about creating um of course you've been creating music uh for a while now and uh you have a new single that's coming out on the 30th right how did you sort of venture into uh sort of making this book i have always wanted to like for a really long time for years now I've really wanted to publish a children's book. It was kind of became a dream of mine. 
don't really know where it came from. Like kind of, it was like a spark. Like one night I was like, I just, I'm going to write a children's book. I really like that idea. Like, why shouldn't I do that? That makes a lot of sense. And then I started kind of trying to, to write some stories and kind of dialed in what I felt like was a voice for the books. Like, just like you have a voice for your songs. And what I loved about it from the start was that it made me feel like when I was 14 and wrote my first song and how that felt like it gave me this unique identity. And I was really excited to go out into the world and be like, hi, like I'm, I'm a songwriter. Like it was me and my guitar. And I was like, hi, like I'm a songwriter, like want to hear a song. And that felt like a really authentic way to engage with the world. And then writing these children's books, I think whatever I've done, any songs or poetry or now stories, there's a simplicity to what I, what I do, how I approach things. But if you kind of like a turn of phrase or like, if you can, if you can have something that's really simple and everybody can understand and hopefully relate to in a way, but you have your own spin on it some somehow, and you're able to tap into that underlying emotion. I feel like that's where the magic is. Because you could be writing, your inspiration can come from anything. You can know what your own inspirations are. The world doesn't necessarily need to know that because everybody can assign their own meaning to what you're putting out. But if you can somehow capture like that underlying emotion, that's what makes it universal. That's what makes it relatable. For sure. I mean, because art is just art in general, right? So anybody can sort of take it how they they want to. Um, They can interpret it. However, you know, however it comes to them. Um, but yeah, my, my second question uh, was sort of like, in your opinion, what, what sets your, your book apart from other children's books? Because it's the best children's book ever written. Harry, <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Come on. Let's go. Wait for the release date. It's coming oh, out. Then you got to get it. Because the world has never seen something like it ever <laughs> in the history of all mankind. No, there's, there's only oh, one Gigi Rowe, you know? Yeah, you know. I mean, so, um, so yeah, so I say that like, you know, I say that a bit like tongue in cheek, obviously. Um, and I think that it's really, it's really fun for me to explore just everything that I'm doing with Gigi Road to kind of hopefully like put that magic in a children's book. And I always imagine, I was like, Gigi Road, like that's a cool, like pop star persona, but I feel like Gigi, like she comes from her own world and that's a world high up in the clouds and it's magical and she flies around in, in her, you know, pink convertible and, you know, talking back to the swag, like this character, like she's got swag, like she's going to like yeah. do her own thing and kind of spread joy and positivity and have adventures in the process. So I always, um, from the get-go, I love the idea that Gigi Rowe comes from her own world, that she doesn't have to be this girl who came from New Jersey. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great. That's my story. But like Gigi Rowe can have her own story. And what if her father's a man from the future and her mother is a vintage Hollywood movie star and she can travel back and forth in time. And that's actually things that I'm exploring for a possible animated series. But this this book was meant to introduce a literary character Um, I was very inspired by characters that I grew up with. Like, um, I'm sure we all have them. Like, I know you mentioned uh, a children's book that that you remember that this kind of brought back memories of. For me, it was 
characters like Madeline, who mm-hmm. is French and has red hair and she gets her appendix out and she's like kind of feisty. And then a character, Eloise, who lives at the plaza in New York City. And, yeah. um, and these characters are larger than life and they'll, they stay with you. And um, I also remember the magic of like getting a Madeline doll and she had like, because she had her appendix out in the doll, you can see like a stitch, like, and I just, it felt like this sort of secret, like, I just loved how this doll came into real life from this book. And, and there was something about that that was just memorable. And I felt like Gigi Road to me is so much bigger than me. And that's, that's what I feel like this chapter is really about is putting a character, an idea, a, essentially a brand into the world that is truly so much bigger than me. But at the same time, it is so much fun to like go through the world as Gigi Rowe. And I feel like first and foremost, like I'm a fan, like I wanted to create something that I'm a fan of. Mm-hmm. And it, in a world where it's like, there's no limits and like Gigi Rowe, well, she's, oh, well, she's fabulous and she's glamorous and she's, and she has the life that like, I imagine in my head that like, yeah. you know, realistically is like, not always my life, you know, you, yeah. you have moments of like, you know, moments of it or tastes of it, but I'm like, oh, but like Gigi Rowe, like she's like, she's, she's off and she's doing this and she's doing that and she's in Paris and she's in Rome and she's in London and she's fabulous. And look at her like glittery closet and look at like, I basically, you can see how I put all of my glamorized, romanticized ideals of life kind of in the pages within the pages of this children's book. And it's meant to be, and it's meant to be that kind of magical, inspiring message that like, Hey, you know, it is powerful to envision what you want in your life. Mm -hmm. And that's oftentimes like the first step in, in making it a reality and just being able to see it. You're, you're one step closer. Well, yeah, it definitely encourages like, you know, dreaming, like following your dreams and, and uh, the magic of, you know, what the, what dreams can do in your life. Like uh, just imagining a happy place where you want to be just can make, it could brighten your day. It could brighten your week. It could brighten a whole year, right? I mean, it could inspire so many other things. Uh, totally. I think that's awesome. And now I think you've really like articulated what I was trying. It's like awesome. I'm like, yeah, cool. Maybe it's like actually like working. Um, what the the feeling for me of getting these illustrations and being like, oh, it's like it kind of gave me that like, ooh, this is like this is fun. This is cool. Like I want to live there. That's amazing. That's mm-hmm. incredible to see it brought to life in that way. If it can give other people that same sensibility, then um, I love it. Then yay. <laughs> yeah. So for all the kids listening, tell your parents that you want this book, you yeah. know, so you can really get inspired um, and, and follow your dreams. I think that's, that's an awesome thing. I love it. That. It's definitely like really about the the power of the imagination. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in this past year where a lot of us were told to like, okay, stay home, stay inside. You're stay not in like out and yeah. about. I think understanding that to let our imaginations kind of run wild and run free and you can be anywhere and, and what that represents and the doors that that could unlock 
and the places that that can really take you without physically right. having to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I was actually having a conversation with somebody just about I mean music really, uh but art in general it's like you can be like especially if we're talking about, you know, the pandemic and sort of being stuck in our houses, stuck in sort of like maybe one room or something like that. Uh art has a way of letting you escape you know like even even if you're watching somebody else's art like you say you're watching a movie or you're watching a video or you're listening to uh music like it, it has that ability to take you to a totally different place um to sort of uh help you release all of the uh or find release from from all those things that are sort of uh maybe weighing you down or uh maybe that are, are kind of dark you know um in your life uh, i feel like uh music for sure for me i guess um personally is really one of those one of those outlets um and that's what you know notes for notes offers of course is like a space where these these youth can come in and uh they can record their own music they can record their own ideas um but not not just in the studio it's not it's bigger than the studio just like you were saying um gg is bigger than bigger than just you you know it's it's bigger than just a book it's bigger than just the music um it's it's this whole uh this this dream that is is put together um and you're able to live almost live through it right you're almost able to live with it yeah that's, absolutely. that's really awesome yeah, that's that's incredible how did you first connect with notes for notes uh i was actually i was a youth uh along with tay um I was a youth when I was 18. I'm 26 now, but uh, yeah, I was 18 and just got invited to the studio. I was with a friend and uh, we showed up to the studio probably the next day after we were invited. And uh, we were just, you know, mind blown that there was actually a studio that we could walk into and it was, you know, free. Um, and we could, we could sort of, because I mean, prior to that, we were making music out of like, <laughs> I think we had a microphone inside like a fish tank. And it was just like, you know, we're trying, to get make, creative. trying to make it happen, you know, um, our ideas were definitely bigger than what we were recording on. And then when, once we stepped into the studio, uh, that I actually, I actually run now, um, once we stepped into that studio, it was like part of our dreams came true in that moment, but also there was like this whole other world that we had to discover, you know, um, it was like, we were on a whole nother, uh, adventure, I guess. Um, in a way. And so, yeah, ever since, ever since then, I haven't been able to leave the studio. <laughs> um, Amazing. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Tay, Tay has uh, done the same. He actually started in, what was it? Sixth grade, I believe. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. the same, the same year that I uh, started um, going to the studio was also the same year I started choir and uh, my choir teacher, I kind of like to call him my reverse Mr. Feeney because I followed I followed him uh, through high school, um, so my sixth grade to sophomore year I was in choir, but I was also going to the studio after school on the days I didn't have like choir rehearsal, and uh, sophomore year I kind of I kind of just had a dilemma where I was like, do I wanna do I wanna follow follow my dreams or live somebody else's and be a part of this group that I know I'm probably not gonna not gonna thrive in and so I made the decision I switched high schools um and 
I started interning at the studio on Tuesdays and Thursdays while also going uh, on days that I wasn't like working at Kroger because that's where I work now. That's um, awesome. And yeah, uh, last year, uh, what was it like November, right? Uh, I was 17, I'm 18 now, but I got hired as the official like podcast host and now I've been, been running it ever since. That's incredible. Well, you guys are both so great at what you do. So it's awesome to, uh, to yeah, connect and hear more of your stories. So what kind of music do you like to work on when you're in the studio? Me, I don't, I don't stick to one. My taste is like diverse. So like making, it's also diverse. And by the way, sometimes I don't, I don't, some of the tracks that I make are not good, but like, that's like the fun of it because I'm just like, well, you know, that was fun. I've done a bunch of those. <laughs> yeah, like I tried to, I tried to make a rock track. Did it work? No, but like, but like you know, I tried it because like I listen to Queen, I listen to Boy, I listen to Yes uh, Stones, Aerosmith. I listen to like I listen to rock stars, but I also listen to country people too. I listen to Johnny Cash, Conway Twitty. Um, I uh, listened to uh, Anne Murray. She's not a country. <gasps> oh my God. So Anne um, Murray. Okay. So the song, could I have this dance? That yeah. was my grandmother's favorite song. So when I was like, that's crazy. You know, probably seven, I learned that song and would sing it for at like every family party. I would get up and like serenade my family because it was my grandmother's favorite. My grandparents took me to see Anne Murray when I was little at what? um it was called the garden state arts center it's now called the pnc bank arts center in new jersey and we were it was you know an incredible experience in this outdoor amphitheater and probably one of my first experiences with being at a live performance and then we're like what do you think there was like an intermission and they were like what do you think she's gonna mm. wear when she comes out on stage for the second half and then at a certain point my you know my grandparents were like okay so we're gonna leave and we're gonna beat the traffic but we hadn't heard her sing like that song yet so we're oh, walking God. in the parking lot and then we heard her start singing that song <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it was epic and so obviously uh, like, i'll bring it I bring I bring her up on the podcast all the time just because we always talk about like how music taste and attention spans and stuff like that is like changed over time, which is like really, really to me it sucks because like music is like meant to be enjoyed and experienced, not something to just pass the time. But I feel like over, over like the course of of like the past like decade that's kind of what it's transitioned to i don't see like a lot of people bumping in their cars jamming out just because i see people like just blank stares or people listen to music just to pass the time when they're at work and i think that's like kind of it sucks it really does i would and i think that that also applies to like um books and and versus technology like my little brother, he like does not read at all. He plays Aww. video. He plays video games like all the time. He's ten, and I'm just like, bro, you should read books. Like I got him like books that I was into. I was into anime when I was younger. Still am. I gave him all of my Naruto books, and he just like doesn't 
doesn't read them. He used one of the books as a TV stand. Oh no! I felt disrespected. How but dare like, he? Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> "Come on, bro! Like, somebody, somebody gave you that as a gift, and you just gonna use it as a support system? Like, come on, read a book. Like, I that's like, I, I just don't get it." And at the at the same time, like somebody really put their their feelings and their emotions into that book, right? You know? Yeah, bro. Like that's exactly how I feel with like um, going outside. I feel like we are everyone is born an artist because we all have imagination when we're at a young age. But at some point in our lives the the ultimatum has to be made like are we gonna are we gonna keep being a creative or are we gonna start being a part of the system where we just like just work and work and work and be okay with it or are we gonna be the people who stand out nowadays i feel like people who are my age kind of they want to stand out but they want to do it for the wrong reasons interesting um, that's a really pers- perceptive comment. Yeah, I think because like when we're when we're kids, we play with toys, even when we're alone. Like I was an only child for eight years of my life. And I remember playing and being uh, in in the zone, having wars and stuff with my toys and stuff like that. <laughs> Nowadays, kids don't even play with toys. Kids don't go outside. Yeah, it's because of a pandemic but also i think like before then it really wasn't a a normal or common thing as much as it was when i i I know it sounds cliche but i guess when we were younger even though i'm 18 like you're a very you're you're an you're an old soul i would say both of you are old souls in the best of ways you seem to have just a lot of wisdom and like life experience um i'm i'm a firm believer that age is you know, I love that I get to talk to people of all different ages and generations all the time. Yeah, same. I love like talking to, I love talking to like people that are in their seventies. Like I work with this lady at my job called Claude, uh, her name's Claudia. And she just like talks about stories of like how she's been to San Francisco for, she lived in San Francisco for 20 years. So she has like 20 years worth of stories of like when she was in San Francisco going to uh, concerts and like just living life and living in a moment. That's I love incredible. like listening to stories like that. So, and I, I try and apply that to like my life too. Like I love going to like music festivals and stuff like that. I went to Bonnaroo in uh, 2018, changed my life. It was so fun. It was so what, fun. what about it changed your life? I had never been to a music festival. I don't, I hadn't really seen like live performances like that. And also because like I was in a section that most people at the festival don't really get to be in. I got to be in the artist section because of notes for notes. So I got to like work with, well, not work with, but I got to sit in the studio and like watch Billie Eilish and like Phineas and like all of them like work chance the rapper walked right past me it was cool i but i like the coolest thing about it was i just watched her perform on stage and then she was like in front of me like 
like inches, which was like, like that's crazy. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like that what an experience to have. And it seems like you both of you have that incredible ability to recognize like just the moments and the value in in what you're getting to be a part of. And both at like really like such young ages too, which will serve you for your entire life. And to be able to appreciate it and like kind of take a moment to really take it in. And it's, that's like such an, that's, I feel like that really gives just a life, your life experience, such, it's such a rich way to live when you can talk to me about someone you work with at Kroger and the value in the stories that you're getting and then hanging out essentially with like Billie Eilish, you know, and like understanding the, the value in, in both of those situations equally and how they can change your life and your perspective and give you ideas. And I think it's really special. I'm convinced, I'm fully convinced the world needs more people like both of you. And I think what is so fun about like meeting her was like, she's like literally just like all of us. We're all like humans. Yeah, she has the title of a celebrity, but like she was just like me just a 17 year old like kid geeking out over jewelry and like clothes and stuff like that like who wouldn't you hear it all the time celebrity is a human but like to like sit there and like have that realization for yourself was like pretty like more eye-opening than just like hearing it your whole life yeah and i mean for for her and her brother like it just it started in their bedroom you know what i'm saying right Like, like come on like they went from the bedroom to the big stage Mm -hmm. that's that's dope yeah like the fact that they're they're living that dream uh just lets you lets you know that like it's it's possible for it's totally possible and i think that to just like keep keep your keep your eyes open stay inspired um to like continue you know to find that magic and Mm -hmm. and and listen to your own inspirations and intuitions and things happen or things come together at, you know, different, there's no, there's no roadmap and there are no rules mm-hmm. of like, Hey, it's really cool. Like it's amazing when someone as a teenager is on the world stage that, you know, um, but it can happen at any age right. at any time. And I think if you just stay open to your inspirations you know, the world, anything is possible in the world. And I think staying true to that and understanding that, and that's not always easy because oftentimes, you know, we all have dark moments, we all have dark chapters and to be able to, you know, still kind of just believe, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing, believe in your journey. Because I mean, I've experienced where you have like the dream record deal and then it doesn't work out. It's just not the right timing. Like it's just, it just becomes clear no matter how hard you work to make something happen, there's got to be that little like pixie dust or magic or like nod from the universe to kind of get, you know, momentum happening mm-hmm. and had a number of different experiences like that. And you can either look at it like, oh, like that didn't work out. Or you can be like every single one of those was actually a stepping stone to exactly where I was meant to be this right. entire time. And just because it might take a little longer or that, that doesn't make it any less valuable or any, it's, 
it's just my story. And the more that I like make the decision every day to own that and every person makes the decision to like own that and look towards the future, I think that's I think that's key. And it seems like both of you are already, you know, just in that in that mode um, for where you're at now. And it's really incredible. It's incredible to hear both of you speak. And I'm, I'm like excited. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm inspired. Well, well, same to you, for sure. Same to you. Yeah, absolutely. Like always, I love doing, I love doing the podcast just because I love like talking to people, not only about like the stuff that they have going on in their life, but just about like life in general. It's really inspiring to hear both of you talk. And it's obvious that you guys are giving so much, you know, to your community, to obviously notes for notes to the world and have just so much to give. So I'm excited to see both of you in your journeys. We're definitely, we're definitely excited to, uh, for your release of, uh, and, um, you know, to see just how that grows and how that inspires others. Thank you both so much. It was incredible to get to speak with you and thanks for taking the time. And I really appreciate you delving into the GG row world and all your insightful supportive comments. I know that um, I look forward to, um, you know, Notes for Notes was just recently put on my radar. So excited that I'm doing the podcast and I look forward to doing, to future collaborations and future ways of getting to work with Notes for Notes and amazing people like both of you. Hope you enjoyed our very first episode of the Notes for Notes podcast. We had a really fun time, thanks to Gigi. And uh, we're going to take this time to talk about a segment that we're going to be implementing in every podcast, which will be a younger artist interview. We're going to be talking to artists that are in the Notes for Notes organization who've been with us for a long time and also a short time. Today we're going to be talking to a good friend of mine and Cam's, Javon Owens. He's a producer who's helped produce many tracks through the Notes for Notes organization. And uh, yeah, here we go. Today I'm with Vaughn, or Kid Vani. I know him by Vaughn. Uh, I met him a while ago. We've been friends for a hot minute. Um, Vaughn, tell the people about yourself and uh, what keeps you going in the music industry what drives you what gets you out of bed what motivates you to do the things that you do as a producer yeah for sure um so i could say that i really started getting interested in music about um about a year ago i really first started the influence of music really came from like years back i used to like sit in the um kitchen with my uncle and he used to play beats for me all the time and I can say that I loved it, and at some point it just influenced me, like, man, that's what I want to do. And, like, I was always, like, he would play rap music and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think at the time it was, um like, the X had came, like, the Look At Me had came out. And, you know, that was popping everywhere. Fire. Yeah, for All sure. All by X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So you already that. know that was fire. everybody was on that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, man, this is really some stuff that I wanted to do. And, I mean, at the time, I really – I. I could say, like, I really didn't, wasn't, like, really focused on anything. I mean, I played sports as a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I was playing football and stuff like that, but I really never had nothing that I, like, wanted to focus on yeah, until, sure. like, that time. And I was like, yeah, I guess it's what I want to do. So it's been up since. 
Yeah, I was gonna. That was gonna be one of my first questions. I was gonna ask you after you told me a little bit about yourself. Uh, you said you played sports, so I'm interested to know was like music always your first choice? I know you grew up on it, mm-hmm. but like you know how sometimes you grow up around one thing and you have these avenues that can connect you to this uh, this type of career, but there are also outside sources that kind of influence you and maybe uh, divert you to another path. So I'm interested to know if, like, music was, like, always what you wanted to do or was there some other, like, career that, like, interested you? Yeah, so <clears throat> music wasn't, like, always in my life. So, like, when I was in elementary school, I was always known for being an artist. For sure. Like, I would go around, like, in art class, like, if they wanted an assignment done, it was like, Devon, Devon, go draw this for me, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, like, um, I remember coming out of, like, elementary school, my art teacher, Love for the Deaf, is black. Um, she, we had, she had signed me up for, like, the governor's art show. For sure. Um, yeah, and I, I think the painting, it was like a, it was like a landscape. You know, and I mean, at that time, that was when I like really started to see and like hear about what the art industry was like, mm-hmm. about how like if, if it gets to that point, I don't really enjoy it. You know, like right. I'd just be making art for like other people and not enjoying it myself. Right. And so like after that, that's when I really started getting into sports. I had a lot of friends, like a lot of friends that was uh into like football and basketball and stuff. And that kind of influenced me. But I could see myself still playing football to this day, <clears throat> but sure. I had got injured around, um, I think it was around my like fifth grade year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got injured and I quit. What was the injury? Um, I had a leg injury. Um, mm-hmm. The doctors didn't want me playing, so I had to heal up from that. And it's like I kind of just lost all motivation from it. For sure. And I started like branching, like everybody got distant with each other. You know how that go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, then then to like I said my seventh grade, eighth grade year, I really wasn't focused on anything but you know my studies and stuff like that. And that was the time where like I was just like hearing music from my uncle, stuff like that. And then that's why I said yeah, I will focus on that. What got you? What got you into production? Like, cause I know when I first met you, you were mm. uh, you were a rapper, sort of a, a <laughs> yeah. writer. I knew you as Javon. We rapped, and I know you were very, like, a a heavy X fan, so, like, whenever you'd rap, I'd kind of, like, get that, like, vibe from you. So, like, what what was the what was uh, the transition from rapper to producer, and when did that come to be? Um, I could say, like, yeah, when we were into the, um, like, when we first met, I was, yeah, I was into, like, the rapping stuff. And, I mean, it was kind of, like, it was kind of just, like, I wanted to have fun. For sure. You know, because, like, then it really wasn't that serious to me. Like, exactly, it was yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, So, it was just like, I was just having fun. You know, kids going to have fun. Yep. So, but um, then, like, my uncle, he that's like he started, like, showing me the ropes. And I was like, man, this is, this is kind of lit. Like, maybe I want to do this. So, and I did that. And I think, like, <laughs> I had got my first computer. It was like, my mom had gave me her old HP. Mm-hmm. You gotta start somewhere, yep. and I was just, I was just, yeah, my beats were trash, but you know, like he was just teaching me. He was like, "Yeah, bro, that's hard," and I mean, I did. We, I was rapping back then. Like I used to be in, we used to freestyle, like in the kitchen type yep. stuff. But like, I feel like I just found, I just gravitated towards the production side because I feel like that's really where 
that's where I want to be, you know? Facts. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So I know that uh, from what I see you produce, it's mostly like uh, trap, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm interested to know, like, I know you've been producing for a great good while now. Mm-hmm. Um, what's another genre of production you'd like love to explore? Yeah. Um, speaking or that of that, you are exploring. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I remember about a, like two, three months ago when I was still at the old. Um, Boys and Girls Club. Um, Andrew Jackson. Yeah, right? Andrew Jackson. Yeah, mm. uh, I had gotten into contact with one of my homies' cousins, and he was like, you know, he he from the country, so it was like, yo, I wanna um, I wanna make some like hybrid music, like some country and like hip hop type stuff, and I was like, yo, that's what's up. Kind of like a little Nas vibe. Yeah, 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 for sure. Fire. But that was like way before the time. So I right. mean, if we would have went with that, <laughs> yeah, we would have been up. But yeah, um, I remember like trying as little as I did to try to learn how to play the guitar, knowing that I wasn't going to be on, like, you know, no country vibes yeah, already. Right. But, yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> I've been trying to, like, stay away from, like, just the trap, you know. I've been talking to a lot of people and, like, communicating with a lot of people that's outside of, like, hip-hop and stuff like that. Um, I really want to get into, like, the pop, like, pop and r&b side mm-hmm. of things you know for sure yeah yeah that's what's like popping sort of like nowadays it's kind of like i mean trap is like there but it's kind of like uh, mm-hmm. r&b and like pop are starting to come back into the mix a little bit yeah i feel that for sure yeah so i know you like collaborate with a lot of people um but i'm wondering for you personally do you like collaborating more than you do working solo or is working solo sort of a sort of a um not a privilege but like something that you do when you want to just like being being a zone or something like yeah that. yeah so um i see it like this at some point you you are gonna have to work solo to like work on your own craft because nobody Facts. can tell you how to do your music exactly so you're gonna sure. have times to where you're gonna have to do your own thing but i feel like when you're with people and mm-hmm. collaborating i feel like there's like a limitless like, possibility yeah so like you're putting different minds together and it's yeah, like you might sure. have this beat you're like bro let me let me sauce it up real quick and it'll be like a whole different vibe like yo that's hard absolutely. so i mean i wouldn't say that i like working solo which i i i guess i would prefer it sometimes but mm-hmm. If the opportunity comes to me to where I can get a different mind to see how my music, like, I take criticism, like, yeah. I, like I do all that. So, yeah, I, I really don't, it's... You're kind of hit or miss, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, yeah. A, that's a good outlook, man. Um, uh, I'm wondering, kind of staying on track, like, piggybacking off of that question, mm-hmm. because you like collaborating um, with others as well as working solo, who are some people that, as time goes on, if you, when you become like a major producer, and people are starting to heat you up, what are some artists or even other producers that you like to work with in the future? Like they can be big, local, mm-hmm. indie, anybody mm-hmm. that like you know, and other people may not know. Who are like some people that you want to work with? Yeah, um, like me, local. It would obviously be like Will, you, Cam, sure. stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, of course, very yeah, soon. It's a given. Um, <clears throat> I've kind of really wanted. I had the kind of mindset of where I wanted to like 
build myself up with an artist because I've been seeing it a lot lately. Like the first instance I seen of it was like Jessen and the baby. Mm-hmm. Like the baby had like been making music, but it really wasn't popping until like you heard that them bouncy AO8s and crazy melodies from Jessen. And, you know, they've been going up since. And I've been seeing it a lot with like Nashville artists and stuff like that with like uh, Ivy and them. Like they've been working with a lot of like Tennessee rappers and you know, if they blow up then they're gonna be like, Who made that beat? You know. But um I've I've wanted to work with like a lot of producers more than artists. Like mm-hmm. maybe like, you know, like Take Keith. Um I wanna work like Mafia like AOA Mafia. Um, but my, my I feel like my list has kinda changed now. <laughs> I've seen a lot of um I've seen a lot of I've been influenced by a lot of different producers now. I've been getting into a lot of like um Richie South, uh, he produced for like Thug, Gunna, and all them. And it's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's crazy. But I, I honestly, I rather, yeah, I rather prefer working with producers than artists because it's like artists gonna come around eventually. If they yeah. think your music's hard, then you know they gonna come around eventually. But I feel like making those bonds with yeah. producers. Is, I guess you know, like producers you relate to them more cuz you're in the same field and with an artist. I mean, artists sometimes produce, but primarily an artist is going to be an artist. They going they're going to be in the studio, they're going to do what they're used to doing and then they're going to head out the producer is going to do the mixing, the mastering, the beat making, the engineering, the this the that and the third. So like, I guess yeah, working with a producer would be would be more suitable for a producer yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. us going back to i know you said you were uh working in like a different genre working on like the country crossbreed type Mm -hmm. so uh, i know you said you would never try and pick up a guitar but what is (laughs) an instrument that you would like to learn like learn how to hand play like be it the keys the drums didgeridoo bongo anything yeah yeah yeah. Uh, um I didn't mention this before, but somebody who really influenced me too is like uh, Kanye. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, yeah, and them. And it's like when <clears> I hear <throat> it, the sounds is just so like different from what you like hearing like a drum kit. Exactly. And I, so like I was like I've always wanted to get into like the live drum sounds, like yeah. how to play the drums or the piano stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, I feel like it just brings a whole different vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. nothing better than live percussion. For real. Nothing better yeah. than live percussion. Yeah. What are some things that you want to achieve? I would like to see myself like with uh not only I would see myself being built up with another artist. Like mm-hmm. I would like to have like a couple of songs out with them, uh having like a, a community. I would like to build up a community around myself. Um I would like to have like placements with not only just small big artists but small artists too. I I wanna get my name out there a lot more. Um, yeah, for sure. I see myself learning a lot more too. Like going out of my comfort zone with different types of genres, yeah, you know, you people, you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yo, this is a really good interview. It was good talking to Yvonne. Um, I can't wait to see what's going on, what happens in the future. I'm excited for you, bro. For sure. And uh, yeah, this has been the Nose for Nose podcast. Make sure to tune in for our next guest and. Uh, Hopefully we have Cam on the next one because <laughs> I have no idea where he is. Yeah, he's just gone. <laughs> he disappeared. Mm-hmm.
poof, <laughs> and here I am. <laughs> Again, thank you guys for tuning in for our very first podcast. Just want to give a huge thanks to Gigi Rowe for joining us. If you'd like to check out her new book titled Wishes, which dropped on April 29th, head on over to Amazon or you can also find it on Kindle. And don't forget to check out her lyric video on YouTube, also titled Wishes. To find out more about her and what she has going on, check out her website, www.helloggrow.com. Follow her on Instagram at helloggrow. And find her music on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other major music streaming platforms. I want to give a huge shout out to Kid Vani for joining us on the podcast as well. And if you'd like to check out some more of his music, you can head on over to our East Nashville SoundCloud playlist under Notes for Notes. If you want to learn more about the cool music-making tool that Tay raves about, the Orba, check out artifon.com. That's A-R-T-I-P-H-O-N.com. Thanks to our engineer, Will Flores, and our Notes for Notes podcast executive producer, CEO, and co-founder of Notes for Notes, Phil Gilly. We appreciate you both. To learn more about Notes for Notes, check us out across all socials at Notes for Notes and at notesfornotes.org, where you can find info about our 23 studios across the country, as well as Notes for Notes Digital, which gives young artists the opportunity to work with producers and cut original tracks remotely from wherever they are. This podcast was recorded remote and in person inside our Notes for Notes studio at the Cleveland Park Boys and Girls Club, made possible with support from Metro Arts Nashville. Let's wrap up this podcast with some original music produced by Kid Vani. This track is titled Like a Good Neighbor, a collaborative track featuring multiple Notes for Notes youth. Big thank you to State Farm for their generosity and support. A group that always sticks together, a family no matter what. Remember you're covered whenever you need a favor. Someone who has your back forever helps you out when in a rut. They'll always show up whenever That's a good neighbor